anyway, so I can just edit out whatever I need to. So it's mm-hmm. it's going. Oh, he pushed record. Oh, okay. This is, <laughs> this is, this is we are live. <laughs> right, that's the, the magic of of this thing. Welcome to Nice Normal Family. I'm your host. This is the very first time anyone's ever welcomed anyone to our podcast because I realized the other day that we don't do that. And we also don't say who we are at the beginning of our podcast either. I'm almost positive I've done that. I don't. Maybe the very first one. But beyond that, if someone listened to to like our third episode, they'd just be like, who the hell are these people? What am I listening to? I think I tried to do the welcome to Nice Normal Family on the last episode and then realized that I hadn't actually played the intro the song. song. Yeah. You guys okay. are killing it. Yep, we are. <laughs> okay, play the song. Okay. Seriously, murder mystery every single time. It's not. It's great. That was great, Scott. That was an excellent execution of the format. So, uh, savvy listeners may note that uh, we have a new voice there, which I don't think we've introduced at all, because nope. it's only been no, about you have not. 10 seconds. Right. Well, I mean, I, if we're up to me, I might introduce her halfway through after we <laughs> have been talking for quite some time. All right. So, uh, who, who is this new voice? It's my sister. Hello, everyone. My name's Mary Jean. Mm-hmm. My sister had a podcast, and then I copied her. <laughs> yes. <laughs> They're fun. <laughs> o- only her setup is better than ours right because she's in a closet which is well, no, but a good you, place you made it be. sound not as cool as ours which is in a room but hers is in like a closet that's the size of a room well no i guess closets are even fit a twin bed in here <laughs> is that the yes you cannot have a bedroom if you can't fit a bed in it well there are two love seats in here there that's yeah. true okay well so really really tiny people like our five-year-old could sleep in here comfortably yes on one of these tiny couches. Correct. Okay. Anyways, this is welcome so far. Welcome to our <laughs> not, podcast. Not on track. All right. So we were intending to record this like a whole bunch of times during this trip. And now it's the last day. Mm-hmm. And we finally Naturally. have all the kids quarantined into one place. We discussed how to lock the door and keep them down there. And so I think we're going to have privacy now. Oh, yeah. I'm very 60% confident. <laughs> Well, Very yes, and, and Katie and Scott came to Kansas City and then informed me that they had started a podcast. I was like, right. oh. Well, I'm not talking about it yet. Yes, so, so if any listeners out there are listening, congrats to you. Yes, yeah. Bryn, Bryn is our hello. listener. <laughs> we can use the name now, right? Yes, okay. we, we're using her name, but not the names of any of our children. Just making that sure that we weren't care. deciding to have to edit this already. No. Okay. Nope, just the last one before awesome. we put it up. All yes. right. Oh, no, I was going to say I did have a podcast, and I was like, oh, cool, Katie, who edits your podcast? She was like, oh, no, we don't edit it. Yeah, no. We just upload it right now. As little as possible. (laughs) My sister and I have very different styles, which I think is a really good thing we could start to talk about. Absolutely. Uh, Our our similarities and differences as siblings. Yes. So why don't we start there? So why don't you, Katie, talk about the ways that you think you and your sister are the same okay well i think we're both super absent-minded and we run into things a lot yes that would be one of the main ways um we're both (laughs) excellent drivers but people are always saying that we're not excellent drivers Uh uh-huh um would you say you both have a high level of confidence in yourself or a low level of confidence? we have a well-developed self-esteem because our parents 
every single night before bed just whispered into our ears, you can do anything, you can be anything, you're the best. Yes, I'm not really sure. Like, my therapist was like, I've never met anyone who just assumes things are going to work out for them. (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, well... I have some problems going on, but I do believe that there are good things for me to come. Yeah, yeah, I definitely think. And like, and that for me was actually a hard thing in my 20s to get my head around that like I didn't actually have rainbows flying out of my ass. Mm-hmm. So oh, like the come down from that, like you felt. Right, like realizing how much harder the world was than what I thought it would be. Mm. Which I think is like, I don't know, did you experience that at all? Oh, I have thoughts, yes. I mean, I remember mom like schooling me I think before I started graduate school and I was just talking about like working with different people in the operating room and I was excited about and she's like Mary Jean the world is not as nice as you think it is like you're in for a rude awakening and I just remember being very um I mean I still think about that today and think what's so wrong if I do think that people are generally nice and I don't know I do see the optimistic side of things more so and it's I felt ashamed a little bit because I think Mom made me feel like that was not the way that was like I should be more on guard. Well, I mean, but that's sort of strange, too, because I feel like she was simultaneously saying you're like the greatest. Mm -hmm. Right. Like, I feel like that's how when we were little, there was definitely like a sense of. Yes. Right. Like you can do anything. You're so amazing and wonderful. And then. uh Right. And then when we started making decisions and. Yes. They were a little bit like. Yeah, yeah, you can't You're trust yourself. Making yeah. terrible decisions. Exactly. <laughs> right. Yeah. So I've yeah. come back to that over and over <laughs> again. I'm like, I am definitely more of the person who is optimistic and see things working out for myself and others. And just I don't get bogged down with all of the negativity. And mom always wanted me to skew my vision towards um like protecting myself. More fear. Yeah, and I just am not angled that way. And but so all because that's how they, they did not raise you that way. Yeah. That's why you're not angled that yeah, way. They, because it, that only happened later uh-huh. because we started making decisions that they disagreed with oh okay think, right this is going to be very enlightening for me right to, when i speak to katie yeah but don't but i mean don't you <laughs> oh she's really that? thought about this uh-huh i mean that's uh, that for me that that was that resonates with me deeply i feel like as soon as i started to make decisions that were outside of what mom and dad wanted which i think you did later than me yes like i was such a yes. force and tornado in the home that you were like just whimpering yep. and terrified to Correct. say didn't do anything wrong. Yes. So you're welcome. Um, <laughs> but yeah. And, and then I, I kind of realized the harshness of the world. And I realized that I had not been prepared for those things because they kept us so isolated. And I think the like Catholic education played a big role in that as well mm-hmm. for me. Like I did not know things. Like I remember when I was 14, almost 15, I, I may have been a sophomore and someone we were like talking about blowjobs, and I literally at that time thought you blew, just blew on the penis <laughs> magic. I think I remember you telling me that. And explains yes. a few things. <laughs> well, let me tell Hello, you Bryn. my shock and surprise. <laughs> well, she's wearing that shirt. Um, my shock and surprise when that was not the uh-huh. case. But like, I also remember this weird Christmas where like there was something about a blowjob and dad trying to like get mom to understand the innuendo uh-huh. of the blowjob. I remember And he was like, it's blowing in the wind, yes, Mare. I remember that, yes. And I was like, what is happening? Yes. This is just so weird. Yes. Well, we got a lot of mixed messages, I think, possibly growing up. Yes. And so back to the initial question of how did we get so confident, I'm not exactly sure unless, you know, from age zero to seven, we were imprinted, we're the best in the West. And yes. 
the very best girls who've ever lived. Uh-huh. And then that stuck because who that's is the best five year old, six year old, seven year old in the whole world? Yeah. yeah. They asked us that a lot. I think also the schools that you went to contributed to that, right? Like, even if you guys weren't at the very top of the top there, like, the school itself was pretty, like, prestigious, it seems Walsh like. was, right. And then when we were in the smaller schools, I think it was kind of easy to be a high achiever. And our parents really pushed for that. And, yeah. I definitely did not have a sense that I wasn't, like, essentially perfect until I got to be a teenager. Yes. And then I was, like, very confused about why things became so hard and, like, emotionally why things got so hard. Because I thought they were supposed to be easy, and mom and dad kind of made it seem like there was something wrong with me. <laughs> like, hmm. See, I, d- I don't – that's where I think our experiences diverged. Mm-hmm. But because I don't think I ever felt things get hard because mm-hmm. I stayed so isolated and protected because of basketball. But um, you know what I'm thinking? What's that? People don't like. Do people know you have a sister? Have you said that before? Like, nope. how old you are? How old I am? No. Nope. Oh, nope. they know how old she is. <laughs> I'm um, forty. <laughs> I do think the the existence of the rest of your family is a mystery. I mean, it's been hinted Not to. Not a mystery I guess. anymore, because here we are talking to my sister, and who knows how many other siblings I have <laughs> on account of having been raised. They Catholic. are lined up outside the closet <laughs> Could <be> door. Anything. <laughs> uh, but yeah, my sister's thirty eight. She's uh-huh. two years. Yes. Than me. Oh, yeah. Did you want to let her announce her age or well, just okay? No, but no. Katie's the oldest sibling, and then there comes me. And then if she ever asked Ryan to be on this podcast, which I'm sure he would jump at oh the opportunity. Oh my gosh, I just his personality is so much like <laughs> get me in front of a microphone and let's just talk about <laughs> right. We'd have a hard time shutting him up. I know he would take over and probably just undermine us entirely. <laughs> so we won't invite him. Yes. So he is two and a half years younger than me. So he is about to turn thirty. Seven, six. Is that that doesn't really no. add up if you're thirty-eight. That math is I'm a little confused <laughs> yeah. as well. Well, yes. I so. think he's thirty-five, about to turn thirty-six okay, in December. Okay, that could be. That could be. Yes. That, that would be two and a half years. Yes. <laughs> yeah. No, it's never okay. been our strong suit that math. Though you are in medicine, yes. and I do believe you have to yes. do math. Oh, as see, part we of did mention job. that. We mentioned that you you've got family in medicine. I think I did mention yeah. that. Right, yeah. Here see, I am. Look, so maybe you, you should be time. a little more grateful. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So we've talked about how you guys are the same, mm-hmm. and also just briefly touched on some of the differences. Uh, at least a kind of big difference, which is I guess that you felt more sheltered, Mary Jean. Mm-hmm. Uh, or he never well, came. She was just gone. I mean, I feel like you just were doing what you're supposed to do. Yes. You were a good girl. I didn't push against the boundaries that mom and dad had set up. And then when I was like, oh, this feels very comfortable. I'm going to continue inside this bubble. Then all of a sudden mom was like, no, the world is harsh and mean <laughs> and you need to prepare yourself. I'm like, really? Because it feels pretty good in here. So, um, Right. Right. I think that because you were so cooperative and because you were achieving in athletics, which is something they wanted so much mm-hmm. and they were so willing to invest in, it was just you were a little bit of the favorite, and I kind of noticed that you were a little more important than me. <laughs> so, which I mean was just the truth. Like her schedule was the schedule for the family yes. because your basketball career was really totalizing. Yes. yes. And for some reason, we're playing basketball like all year round. Mm-hmm. I thought it was just a season, but apparently mm-hmm. that's not a thing. So, you don't get to play LeBron by and just my dad was her yeah. part time, and my dad was her coach. Yes. And uh, we have. <laughs> Uh, so we were going through like some of the memory boxes the mom has saved for us and <laughs> found some pictures of me doing my athletics. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> just 
painful because you could just see how like unathletic excited I am. you were to play baseball. Right, like and I'm holding the baseball bat and it's it's just wrong. Like <laughs> and like the way that I looked holding a basketball just also looked very sad. Like uh-huh. it was just clear like not, not an athletic young lady and yet someone is forcing her to try to be athletic. It's She's trying, gosh darn it. Mm-hmm. Well, that's uh, one of our differences, right? Is the athletic versus not so athletic. She should talk more about our differences. My sister's not talking enough. Oh, well, this is your podcast. Well. I can talk. Um, well, I uh, if we're talking about like before middle of life and now, I would say growing up, Katie, as she's already mentioned, was like the pusher of all the boundaries. And now I have learned that my coping mechanism was just to attempt to not rock any boats because there were a lot of boats are rocking already. <laughs> what do you remember? Do you have any like strong memories of my insanity? I mean, uh, I remember, no, I was so, I just removed myself a lot. So I was, I compartmentalized. Like yes, like disso- dissociated. Yeah, yes. again, sorry about that. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And it wasn't, I didn't even register that who was right or who was wrong or what, I had no real understanding of even what was going on, but it was just, now I can see that I just had a very tense childhood internally and externally. Right. I had a, you know, traumatic things happened to me throughout my life and then my home was tense and so I just like really went inward and my only coping mechanism that I really allowed to send me outward is to achieve mm-hmm. and my parents wanted me to achieve in basketball and school wanted me to achieve in school and I was able to do those things fairly well because I just I think I I don't know right had yeah. some gifts that possibly mm-hmm. aligned with that expression and and I just never c- got off that train because it made people happy. And so I just kept on just going. kept on achieving. Yes. And now you've achieved your way into yes. a medical career that you've slowly hacked into. <laughs> <laughs> like a two-day-a-week little yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah. spritzer of a job. Yes, which is also, <laughs> I think, a confusing um, thing for my own life. But this is not about you. But not about me. So I would say that growing up, we just had – Katie had just a v- much stronger personality than I did. And I would say in the middle of our life, like when I was maybe high school, college, and Katie was early college, I just think that I always assumed Katie uh, like knew what she wanted to do, and it was just very different from what I wanted to do. And so we just didn't have a lot of overlap in terms of like right. And I don't think and we had a great relationship growing up, really. Like I remember us playing together, but once I became a teenager, I, I just don't feel like I had a relationship with you or Ryan. No, I don't think – I was going to say to stop it and ask a question, but... You were going to stop I'm like, and ask a question? Well, I was going to say stop recording to ask a question. But I was going to talk to you. Or you were Damn, the things. torpedoes. Yeah. Who cares? Just say it. Well, I was just thinking if mom and dad listened to this, I didn't know what I... Oh. How... Well, how explicit... Or uh, how... What's that word? When you explicit? No, when you... Anyways. <laughs> you might have to edit Beep. a little bit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> sure. Say it, and uh, then we'll decide. No. Well, now I kind of forgot where I was going, but... Okay, good. Yes. So all that was for nothing. I was basically <laughs> going to say mom and dad didn't really give us the skills, now I realize. Like, I thought that was a fault in me, mm-hmm. and, like, why am I such a bad person that I can't, like, form a relationship with my brother and sister? And now I realize I was never given the skills to right. have a good relationship with right. you. It said nothing about me. 
Right. And and not anything really necessarily about our parents either mm-hmm. who were trying and mm-hmm. clearly making an effort. And I can see all the ways that they were investing in us and trying to give us a life that was better than their own. Right. Even just the whispering in your ear exactly. every night exactly. kind of thing exactly. is an improvement and over what was the done anxiety to them. Mm-hmm. When we were making choices as adults. Mm-hmm. Right. That also came from a place of love, even though it didn't necessarily feel to us like that was loving because it felt questioning. Right. It felt like saying, you know, I would always tell my mom, like, you raised me. You raised me to be a good decision maker and all of this. Like, why do you keep questioning my decisions? I got this. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So what do you guys think are some big, like, parenting, I don't know, like, decisions you've made that are in reaction to these things from your parents or from the way you were raised? Like, do you think you've picked up anything big from... Any My sister's that? vigorously nodding her head. Yes. As if people can hear your <laughs> nodding. I can well. just hear the wind. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I would say I make a like overt effort, effort to discuss emotions and to name emotions. And I'm not very good at it, so it's difficult for me even to do it. And while I'm trying to teach my children, I'm quoting, um, I'm also teaching myself because, you know, it's like mad, sad, angry are what I end up always saying, and there's so much more than that, so I'm constantly pushing my kids to describe how they're feeling, and therefore I'm also using those, you know, I'm teaching myself how to do that, mm-hmm. which I feel like was never, ever done for us. Right. I just think that our parents' understanding of their own mental health as well as ours, mm-hmm. like I definitely had anxiety and depression as a young person, a- and I just nobody saw that. Like the response to that was, Suck it. Like, what is wrong with you? Your life is great, right? Mm-hmm. Well, the problem was is that I did not feel, like, heard or, like, I was getting my needs met, which I don't even know that they were that out of alignment with what my parents wanted, except when it came to the church. I think that's really where we diverged is that they felt like Catholicism was so important and I struggled to believe. And, like, that became our first flashpoint uh, where I just, like, faked having cramps every single week. Do you remember that? I, I remember there being a fight to go to church, but I don't remember the exact reasons. But mm-hmm. you saying that, like, oh, maybe I do have a memory of that. Mm-hmm. But I remember a fight every Sunday. I didn't want to go either, but I certainly was never going to say that. Yeah, yeah. So it's, like, one is both, like, how to talk, and I guess the other one is how, like, you want to be heard, right? Like, even if you agreed with them, you wanted to know that your input mattered, and it seems like knowing that right. it didn't. Yes, and I think, like, even just in what we were discussing before we started this podcast, you and I talking about our kids and what should we do with them, right? Like, they're downstairs, they're hanging out with their uncle, like, are they going to be happy? What's going on? And my concern was definitely, are the kids going to feel heard and okay? And, you know, what if they need a shower or whatever? And you're like, you know, we do not need to bend over backwards to do things for them when they can be perfectly happy kind of going along with what's easiest for us as the adults, which I agree with, but I think probably comes from that place. Sure. That like making sure they have their voice and are heard and aren't just being. Right. I mean, yes, this is why I'm so loud and intense because I did not feel heard. And that was how I coped was to just be like, well, I will just get louder then. <laughs> right. And you think these are intentional things that you guys are doing, like being aware or with your your past in mind? Yes. Yeah. Yes. And I also just think like I can see in our parents and I see in like an older generation in general, like when you were taught, right, everybody is just a product of like their upbringing and their environments and it creates our brains. And so when you're taught that 
you know, it's weak or it's an excuse to incorporate emotions into your explanations and decision making. Um, when you've been taught that and you've never, ever seen people deal with emotions in effective ways, like I think, you know, when I look back on my childhood, like I can see that in my parents' siblings. I can see that in my grandparents. You know, it's clear that nobody was really like, what are effective ways to express our needs and have them responded to? A lot of people like coping or shutting down. Um, I remember seeing random outbursts of anger in our family, like over things like sports and being like completely terrified. Like, why are people screaming about sports? But it was like not putting your anger in channels that maybe it belonged in, but instead channeling it something that was like masculine and safe. Um, anyways, I, I just think that I want to be sure that I am cultivating a, like an aggressive growth mindset because I feel like that is the generational shift is that we have that tool and that way of thinking about it now. And that was not something that was valued in the past. All right, Mary Jean, anything you want to add to that before I ask you for some kind of embarrassing or funny story about Katie to uh, end this off with? Oh, my. Well, um, yeah, I mean, I just agree with the growth mindset whole um, approach that Katie has with her kids. And Katie is definitely, and Scott, sorry. Well, thank you. Yes. <laughs> he's a man, so he's not really. It's almost Father's Day. Process. Thanks for including me. <laughs> They're definitely role models for myself and my husband because they have kids who span the ages. And so we get to take all of our little questions to them and big questions. And um, I was describing some of the theories that Kevin and I were using in parenting and just some of the things that we had even applied to our life. And Katie was like, oh, yeah, that's awesome. That's like the growth mindset. I'm like, the what? <laughs> She's like, yeah. The oh, book. and then, you yeah. know what she named her podcast? <laughs> Growth-Minded Marriage, because I exploded her world with Carol Dweck. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, is that what this is? I was like, people know about this? Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I mean, I just think even knowing what the growth mindset is and having our kids understand that there's a possibility to kind of change your brain and yeah, it's move okay to past, be wrong. Yeah. Right, yeah, there's just, no threat in being wrong. Right, that progress is yeah. itself, like, yeah. part the of the goal. Mm -hmm. yeah. Right, and I think, I mean, we actually have really progressive parents in a lot of ways. Mm -hmm. Like, they have changed tremendously in their mm -hmm. lives, which is interesting. But I think that they feel protective of anything that would be a criticism. Like, they, it was important to them to have done a good job, and they did. We're clearly mm -hmm. a delight. I mean, <laughs> truly. Yes. There's um, that modesty. Yeah, yes. there it is. I mean, but I mean, we're high achieving. Like, we're all the things they wanted for us. Um, and so I think that they have so much room to be proud of that. But then there is. It's just, I think, that natural human response that, like, if somebody's questioning, like, our parents, our parents as their identity, like, in a way that I think that you and I mm -hmm. don't have. Like, I think mm -hmm. we've actually made that decision as well. But I think for our parents, when if it feels like maybe we did something that, you know, our kids didn't like or whatever, it feels like, well, then maybe I wasn't good enough as a parent. That's what I think mm -hmm. I see. Yes. Uh, just because our parents tried so hard. And I completely recognize that. And I was <laughs> kind of insane. So. Hmm. I certainly can't imagine that. <laughs> anyway, speaking of embarrassing stories, do you have anything? Hmm. I'm sure I do. I mean, no one prepared her for this podcast, though. So yes. how was she supposed to come up uh, with? I this? just yes. feel like there's got to be something out there that's on the the, the tip of her, her mind. Yeah, we're gonna let her think. We're gonna take the pressure off of her by you and I bantering for a hot second. Or turn on the while theme she song. thinks. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, you could show her our soundboard. Oh, I could do that. 
Uh, I'm not sure. Do you want to say something funny? Um, that might re- mean I have to remember. Oh, where. so Mary Jean and I actually began our podcasting career when we were very young with those, that tape recorder. Remember that? And I was, you know, riffing as a DJ and talking about whatever. And my sister comes on with her rude. She's like two. She goes, "You are very stupid." <laughs> and then my parents told that story a lot, and we had that tape for a long time. Okay. So that's the soundboard. <laughs> okay. Did you think of anything yet? I only thought of like sort of the story uh, I just told. No, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> not like embarrassing, but um, you know how like you're trying to think of other things and just one thing comes to mm-hmm. mind. So this is what I'll tell. It's not really embarrassing. It's more like maybe, uh, maybe possibly embarrassing. informative. Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> yes. It's the dark side of Katie. So. Dun, dun, dun. Well, I was thinking about it because my kids. I'm going to tell the story of how you made me steal. Shoes. Oh, oh, good. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> this sounds great. So this is the, this is paints the picture of our childhood as well. So um, we had this store growing up called Gabriel Brothers, and it was basically all of the reduced price or deformed mm-hmm. or like <laughs> overstock. Often deformed. Yes. <laughs> like it was actually a size medium, but they. Or it had three legs. Yes, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so anyways, it all, all from the name brand stores, from the nice stores. And we went to a high school that it mattered that you wore nice of name course. brand clothes. Mm-hmm. So my parents. <laughs> weren't deformed. In response <laughs> would take us to the store so we could see if there's anything inexpensive we could get there. And this was, like, in the Birkenstock era or, like, those big chunky sandals, not mm-hmm. Birkenstocks. I don't remember what they were. They were clogs, weren't they? They were, like, strappy clogs. Yes. yes. I, the, the clogs were, like, a whole thing yes. for a while. We absolutely needed to have them. And um, for some reason, our p- parents would not actually buy us things when they took us to the store. <laughs> and so I really wanted this. And Katie convinced me to just take off my pair of shoes that I wore to the store put them in the box that the uh, new shoes were in, and then wear the new shoes <laughs> out. And I... I don't remember this. Katie apparently had How done it before. You? Oh, I definitely shoplifted a little bit when I was a kid. Uh, <laughs> I was so sweaty, and Katie was like, this is no big deal. Like, why are you even... I just... This just totally... It exemplifies our relationship because I was so and our white privilege yes. that I'm like, yes. oh, it's cool. We we'll just yeah. steal from the store. It's yeah. no big deal. Yeah. No one will suspect us. I don't know why, yeah. but <laughs> yes, yeah. But it was just like uh, a very like, oh my god, I can't believe I'm doing this. And then every time I wore them, I felt like dirty and mm-hmm. wrong. And so I was like, this is a lesson for me that I should not be stealing. Yeah, you know how I felt when I wore those shoes. Yes. Like the coolest kid in school. Exactly. Because I was at Walsh before you, and I think yes. that's what that was about. Uh-huh. Like I I'm wanted sure. shoes because I had it in my head that if I didn't if I didn't look right, which I mean I don't think that was just in my head. I think mm-hmm. that was like a real thing at Walsh. Uh, and so I would like sneak into your room mm-hmm. because I had to wake up earlier than her mm-hmm. to go and steal her shoes, and then we'd have a fight about it every uh-huh. evening. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> Was that embarrassing or uh, This story is going to get told to our kids <laughs> multiple times, I am sure. Listen. <laughs> oh, goodness. So, uh, yeah. I guess that's it. Well, you have to say your tagline that's so oh. important to you. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you for remembering. Uh, remember, as far as anyone knows, we're a nice, normal family. That's great. Thank you. I love it, guys. Yeah. Thank you. Oh, good. <laughs>